Welcome to Health Matters, Sonoma's weekly program devoted to health and well-being. Each week through interviews, editorials, and listener participation, we will explore topics and issues of contemporary medicine and its relationship to the lifestyles of our community. Our goal is to provide you with information and resources to help you achieve and maintain what you deserve, a happy, healthy, and productive life. I'm your host, Dr. Ned Hoke, a veteran in natural methods healthcare, speaking with you today from Sonoma Valley, California, for an hour of health topic digestion and discussion. Please stay with us. So welcome back to Health Matters. This is Dr. Ned Hoke today. We're, I'm joined by um, Carmen Ruddy, or strike that, Carmen Comsty and Jasmine Ruddy. And they are two uh, advocate, advocacy members of the, of the process of putting together this brand new uh, AB uh, 1400 uh, Cal, uh, CalCare bill. So maybe whoever wants to start, maybe give, us, give our listeners a little overview of what the, what the bill basically is. Sure. Um, so th this is Carmen. Um, the bill, so AB fourteen hundred, it's uh, the California Guaranteed Healthcare for All Act, um, which was uh, authored by Assembly Member um, Ash Kalra and um, sponsored by the California Nurses Association, and it would create a state single payer program in um, the state of California. Um, and, you know, we're really excited to have worked with uh, Assemblymember Calra's team to put together the bill. Um, and maybe Jasmine can get into a little bit more about uh, what the bill covers. Yeah, that sounds great. And this is Jasmine. Um, thanks so much for having us. And, yeah, just to go off what Carmen was saying, you know, um, uh, like she mentioned, the bill would create a single-payer uh, health care system for the state of California. That is you know, essentially a state-level uh, version of, uh, of nationally what we kind of now know as what's called Medicare for All. Uh, in other words, it means guaranteed health care for every resident uh, living in the state of California, uh, free at the point of service. So no co-pays, no deductibles, uh, no premiums, guaranteed care when you need it. Um, and uh, there was a similar campaign, a similar bill that some folks might remember a few years ago in 2017. Um, and so this is a new bill uh, essentially pushing for the same thing, a renewed effort uh, to win health care for all Californians. So, so uh, tell me, is it substantially different? Is, it, is there anything about it that makes it, in other words, those of us who are around in in before in Proposition uh, 186, we, we a lot of us read it carefully and really were up on it in terms of all the particular details. But the 2017 bill I didn't read actually for so it's long enough ago. What I little I knew knew about it has long since gone out of my mind. So is this simply a a repeat of that bill, or is there something different about this one that didn't show up in that one, the 2017 one? I mean. Um, this is Carmen. I, I can uh, try to answer that question a little bit. Um, so for, for folks who, who remember the, the bill back from 2017, one of the major differences is this, this bill would cover long-term care for, for all Californians. Wow. And we 
included that in the bill, which, you know, of course is very important for Californians living with disabilities and for older adults in, in, in our state. So I think that's one of the major differences in this, this bill and, um, in particular. And I think another, and, uh, you know, on, on the more technical side, we fleshed out a couple of the other provisions in the bill on, you know, how, how providers are paid and, and, and um, you know, put a little bit more meat on the bone with, with the bill. And, and it, it's uh, much, much more similar to uh, what we've been doing um, nationwide with, with Medicare for All. So if you're familiar with the Medicare for All bill, you'll be very familiar with with um, the the bill that we've introduced here, um, which uh, I don't know if we mentioned, it's called the CalCare program. So you'll hear that a lot from us. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's the Cal, CalCare program in California. Right. And so for our listeners who want to get you know, get ahead of the curve a little bit. I'm, presumably, they can just go online and they can read the the whole text of this bill, or they can they can find out what 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 website would you send them to if they wanted to get into the the deep weeds of it. Yeah. So the the bill is online um, on the California Legislature's website. Um, again, the the bill number is AB fourteen hundred, um, and then uh, Jasmine can. Uh, let folks know where other information uh, might be. Yeah, I mean, other than reading the the bill text itself, which some folks may really want to do, and that's great. <laughs> they you know, want to want to read the whole thing because it is a great bill uh, that Carmen helped work on. In addition to that, we have a lot of fact sheets, summaries, uh, all kinds of materials that our campaign uh, for this bill is is in the process of putting together. So. We're going to have that information up on our campaign website really soon. Uh, it's not there yet. The bill was just introduced, and we're still working on some of those pieces. But I'll just say now that website uh, for both our California and our national campaigns is just Medicare, the number four all, mm-hmm. dot org. Okay, good. Well, that's I think that's because I think that the 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 this it's well for those of us who have been watching this over time. It's really striking to see how. Um, step by step, element by element, uh, that this this story has been sewn together uh, over the course of at least in my my lifetime in terms of you know, this kind of bill over about the last twenty years. We've seen this whole thing, this train coming down the track, and uh, so for our listeners who are are you know skeptical of the cost and and and. Uh, Let's right away that, that what I read from the Kaiser Health News, they said that they anticipated this would be the four hundred but four hundred dollar four hundred billion dollar bill, and that that was the estimate that they had from the previous um, uh, bill. Is this a substantially different number, or can you give our listeners the beginning steps on that kind of an idea in terms of the cost figure? Sure, it's a good question. I mean, Carmen, I don't know if you want to speak to that, or I'm happy to. Um, uh, go for it, Jasmine. I mean, I think, yeah, it's a, it's a good question. And I think, you know, one, one, I think, important thing we always like to, to focus on is, is what we're paying for in terms of health care in the state of California now. Right. Uh, you know, the, the number $400 billion can sound like a lot, but when you compare that to what we pay now for our health care system, uh, which is $450 billion, you actually learn that, you know, uh, we would we would save a substantial amount of money per year through casting, uh, you know, single-payer guaranteed health care 
for all Californians. And I think what's also important to remember is that that $450 billion a year we spend now, uh, it doesn't even cover everyone. We have nearly 3 million Californians in the state who have no form of health insurance. Uh, we have another 12 million Californians uh, who are what's called underinsured. They technically have insurance, but they can't afford uh, to use it because they can't uh, pay, they can't make that deductible. They can't afford uh, those co-pays. So they effectively don't also have um, insurance. So we're paying for a system that is more costly that doesn't even get the coverage for every single person. Uh, and we can, we're talking about enacting a system that would cost us less while also ensuring that every single resident in the state could have not just coverage, but care, right? Guaranteed health care when they need it. So you, we, we've said that the California Nurses Association have sponsored this, and of course it's been presented by an assemblyman. So talk to us about, or give us some sense of the other supporters. Apparently there's 20 people, I understand, that are in the legislature that are, that are supporting it. But speak to us. I mean, we, we recognize that, as uh, as I was reading from, the again, the Kaiser Health News, they said uh, this fellow has a wonderful name, Ned Wicklesworth. And um, he, he says that this we can't do this and it's a bad thing and so on because he's you know part of the hospital association. In fact, he's a member of a thing called the California Against Costly Disruption of Healthcare. So this is right, the, right. The, the, these are the people <laughs> against it, but and there, there's a bunch of private health insurers that are against it, and some of the state doctors organizations are, are lobbying against it. But let's talk about other supporters, if you wouldn't mind sharing with our listeners something about that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, to your point, I think you, you don't have to look very far to see who the who the opponents of this campaign are and where their money comes from. Right, they're they're with the side of industry, uh, and they stand to benefit uh, a lot from you know the broken for-profit system we have now. They stand to lose a lot uh, from passing a healthcare system that would ensure guaranteed care instead of you know profits to to, to their CEOs. But in terms of supporters, I mean, that's exactly right. We have uh, 19 confirmed. It looks like another one coming on. So 20 co-authors. Uh, that's in a, you know, a state legislature with 80 assembly members and 40 state senators. That's a significant amount of support uh, for any bill to have. And I think it signals just how supportive uh, folks are in the legislature uh, for, for this legislation. You know, we also have uh, a governor who, who ran on supporting single-payer uh, two years ago, and we also know that single payer uh, is widely supported, you know, among Californians. Uh, and nationally, Medicare for All supported by 70% of the public and 88% of Democrat Party voters. I mean, it is frankly one of the most popular policies that there there are in the United States today. Mm -hmm. um, so I think we're seeing the overwhelming support. Folks just recognizing, especially COVID, right? I think the COVID pandemic has shown us. The time is now, right? Our healthcare system has been tested and it is broken. Uh, and, and we have millions of Californians without the care they need. Now is the time for Medicare for all, for single payer, you know, guaranteed healthcare for all Californians. I think we're seeing that reflected in the kind of support this bill already has mm -hmm. in the legislature. Well, and also Javier Becerra, who's soon to be the Health and Human Services Secretary, apparently has also um, been very, very, very strong in this area. So do you expect that, that uh, Secretary Becerra will also be staying with you and standing up for this bill as well? I mean, certainly... Yeah, go ahead, partner. 
Yeah, I, w- I was just going to say, I think, uh, you know, we, we you know, we're, we expect that, that Javier Becerra will be a strong supporter for, for um, health care reform, and we really hope that he keeps his, his, um, his uh, previous policy positions, which is supporting single payer, and if, if, uh, if California goes to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services with a, with a request to, to, um, uh, to apply for federal waivers with the federal government, we, we hope that Javier Becerra uh, approves those waiver requests. Right, because apparently there's a lot of steps to take. That's a little, quite a number of significant legal steps to get through, get this whole thing, this whole process moving. So, now one of the things that I, that I read, and I don't know uh, at all, that it said it said that the bill was unve- unveiled without a financing mechanism. Can without that directly being spoken to, is that both true? And if it's not true, what is true? Um, one of the things that uh, that uh, the bill author, um, Assemblymember Kalra, really wants to work on financing in a parallel um, parallel processes with the bill itself. Um, you know, it's one of uh, uh, financing is one of those things that really needs um, some public debate on um, on you know what what we want to put together to to pay for a program like uh, like childcare and state single payer, and I think it's it behooves us to have a process within the legislature to talk about um, financing and to have those discussions about, you know, how, how we want to, um, how, how we want to fund healthcare in the state. Um, and, and that's really what we we're aiming to do here is to make sure that we have um, an open discussion in public forums about what, what public financing could be used to, um, to, uh, uh, to fund single payer in California, and I think there's a lot of options out there that you know have been discussed, particularly in 2017. Um, you know, the the Poland study had discussed a number of options, um, and I think that's that's really important for for um, that discussion to happen. Mm-hmm. So, it, it presumably, assuming this everything moves forward, I, that what you just said sort of suggests to me that what we'll have is we'll have public forums all over the state and and people like you and other other folks will be standing up in front of uh, village meetings and town halls and things like that so you're what i think i just heard you say is that we can we can count on a, in a open and vigorous and and uh, it, even even elaborate discussion with the public uh, with the with the authors of the bill and, and other people who will both you know hear from and and speak to the, the various public concerns. So that, am I, am I cr- correct in imagining that, of course, this bill was just, after all, in, you know, just, just fresh on the, t- on the table, so to speak. So obviously there's a lot of pieces that are yet, yet fully scoped out. But do you anticipate uh, widespread community meetings all through the state, uh, or do you anticipate most of it doing, uh, doing it online or w- uh, with television? Or how do you, how do you see that, that, I don't want to call it a sale to the public, but that's kind of what I mean. What? How do you see the the public presentation of this, and what can our listeners look forward to uh, about this? Um, I, I can talk to generally. Um, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll be. You know, 
because the the the, the pandemic is still um, so well underway, and we still need to p- take precautions. Whatever we do, uh, we'll make sure that it's you know everyone does it safely, um, and uh, we're committed to making sure that that um, that any types of forms would would be done in a safe manner, and and making sure that it is accessible to to. Um, um, to all folks who want to participate. Um, and of course there's the legislative process. Um, and I'm sure that the legislature will, will also themselves put together more formal, um, types of public forums, um, to discuss the bill. Um, and then Jasmine might be able to talk a little bit more about, um, what we're planning in terms of our, um, our campaign for, for cow care. Please, Jasmine, do, do share that with us if you would. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think um, the bill has just been introduced, uh, and uh, and and will in a in a few weeks' time when all bills get kind of referred to their committees of jurisdiction. The bill will, you know, as a healthcare bill, uh, be referred first and foremost um, to the health committee. And so, a lot of our campaign efforts um, are, I think, focused on, um, you know, uh, pointing and, and working towards um, a hearing in the health committee, which, you know, just to, to what Carmen was speaking about, I think is, uh, uh, will be, I think, a, an opportunity for us to really organize and demonstrate power and support, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, pro- likely to a virtual, you know, means uh, when that hearing hopefully does take place and, and pushing to make sure that it happens, you know, in the first place. I think beyond that, uh, beyond the sort of like uh, actual legislative timeline, which of course is really important here, we're also just really focused on, you know, demonstrating the support, the massive support that does exist uh, in all corners of the state for this bill, you know, organizing folks. We just had a really successful uh, statewide day of action a couple weeks ago uh, in February with 23 car caravan actions around the state of California. So we're going to be continuing to pursue different kinds of actions uh, like those, of course, again, in a really safe manner um, as we're able to, to show just how widespread uh, the support is, you know, for this bill across the state. And like I said before, I think our website, which is Medicare, the number four, all.org, that's the really the best place to sign up, to get involved in the campaign efforts. Um, and folks can take, take action with us in all kinds of ways. Well, we're speaking to Jasmine Ruddy and Carmen Kompsky, and we're talking about CalCare, the, the brand-new single-payer bill that's in California. We need to take a break here at KSVY Health Matters. Please stay with us. We'll be back with you in just a moment. And welcome back. This is Dr. Ned Hoke today, joined by Jasmine Ruddy and Carmen Kompsky. I'm sure I didn't still, still say that properly, I, Carmen, so please please forgive me. Um, Okay, good. <laughs> well, I feel better already. So I think that, that when I think of the, the people that I know that are in favor of this bill, and of course I'm a practitioner of a, of a complementary medicine service who, that will be covered under this bill, and so of course I have a financial interest, you might say, uh, and yet so many of my clients uh, really feel like they would like to be able to stand up for a Medicare for All bill, but of course... Uh, they're 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 shouted down by so many people who who just have their various reasons and of course it takes me back uh, if you'll allow me just a moment of a re- remembering something 
when I was at my first, uh, I was taking first year anatomy at U- at UCFF Medical School, and I was we were I was working w- with a cadaver. I've told this story on Health Matters before, and I'm standing we're 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 doing our work with gross anatomy, and and one of the one of my table mates looks down at the at the cadaver and says, I can see the Mercedes Benz at the end of the tunnel. You know, which I, which is for me characterizes a lot of what medicine, unfortunately, is busy doing. It, it was basically looking at the, looking for the Mercedes Benz, and uh, so, and of course, for a lot of our a lot of our listeners, uh, they realize that 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 system is uh, isn't serving them, and they need a system that will serve them. So, maybe we should circle back a little bit. And and whoever, which of the two of you wants to talk about what what the covered services that you imagine are, and just itemize them, and just if you if there's something to say about any individual member of it, but I mean, just you mentioned long-term care, so talk about some of the general services that that this bill in, anticipates being pr- providing uh, coverage for. Adam McCart, would you like to speak to that, uh, Kermit? Yeah. Sure. So um, the the bill itself, you know, it would have um, really robust uh, coverage in terms of benefits. It would include um, not only what what people traditionally think as healthcare services, you know, hospital services, emergency care, um, but also things like mental health services, um, vision, dental, um, and like we said before, um, long term care. And I think one of the, the, the key things for, for folks listening um, is that, you know, especially those who might be worried about, you know, what, what is really covered or, or not covered, is that the way that we've, we've written the bill is that we're really putting patient care first uh, over profits. And we've done that through a couple of mechanisms within the bill itself so that, so that providers like you yourself uh, – um, Ned and, and other providers and, and registered nurses can really um, practice using the professional judgment and with, with the patients, um, making sure that they're getting the care that they need. Um, and, and we've really focused on making sure that, that profits aren't the incentive motive um, in the payment structure and, and trying to make sure that doctors and nurses can, what they, can do what they do best, which is taking care of patients. Um, and I think, you know, I hope that that really um, addresses a lot of concerns that maybe you've heard from 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 the folks that that uh, are your patients or other and uh, or your listeners to say that you know we we understand that the profit motive is a problem for for providers and we're really focused on making sure that that is no longer the case under childcare. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, there's when when I was. A, taking medical school in England, I had a chance to intersect with the National Health Service in England. And so, um, and there, and we've heard a lot about Canada and the, the various things that are, and the stories about Canada and the, the good and the bad, so to speak. So, um, and of course, what they say of, of the Canadian system, they say, oh, the long lines, if you've got a hip, you have to have a hip replacement, you've got to wait three months and so on like that. So, there's a there's presumably we can imagine just with this bill as there has been with bills past they will bring up the 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 various Medicare services for all in other countries. So as you were putting together the bill, and of course your your the the services that you're 
providing and, and claiming to provide and so on are, like you say, robust. And so there is a, I mean, particularly when you include, you know, dental and long-term care. I mean, this is this is a, a, a giant package, and of course, it's in some ways it's larger than other of the national systems in, in some different pieces of it. So um, maybe you could say anything you choose to about other systems that have integrated uh, the, the, the sort of Medicare for all kind of idea. And how does what, you're, what you've done with this bill, how does this compare with these other systems? Can you, is there anything to say about any of those things that would be of, of guidance for our listeners? Not to, you know, to to um, uh, to be uh, to say anything negative about a, a lot of those other systems, which you know we we have learned some some lessons from from uh, from you know implementation of the Taiwanese healthcare system. You know, I I had the privilege of going to Taiwan to ask them how they actually implemented. Wow! Um, wow! Um, and you know uh, the same thing with 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 Canada. We've learned from them. You know what what has really what's what are the real issues in making sure that that people can get the care that they need. And I think um, I think a lot of those are uh, some of the details that we've added in the bill, which are things like um, uh, making sure that uh, that all that uh, providers stay within the system and that they can't have you know. Um, uh, separate services that they provide to, to other folks so that there aren't tiers in the system that they're the, uh, in the healthcare system right. and that there's a true single, single program that everybody is in. Um, and then from, from Taiwan, the question about um, uh, making sure, and, and also from other lessons in the United States, um, we want to make sure that uh, there's a lot of measures in the bill that, prevent doctors and nurses and hospitals and all providers from, um, you know, being really incentivized, as I was talking before, incentivized to either providing too little care, denying care, or incentivized financially to providing too much care. So those, those, those things um, are really important in the, in the bill itself, um, which, you know, a lot of folks may not, um, it's very wonkish, but well, very, well, but those those yeah. are, those are the things that people concern themselves with. I mean, they, these wonkish details, and and so when you say well, you know too much and too little, maybe dig a little deeper into that one little piece, if you would. So, how do you how does the bill the bill envision to either it not create incentives for either too much or too little? Can you say any more about that other than the, just the wish? Um, so, so there are, are um, so we're creating one one example is that we're creating a, a duty of patient advocacy for all um, healthcare providers, which would include um, a duty not to uh, uh, for hospitals, for example, to include incentive payments for for uh, additional utilization of care. So. Uh, you know, some doctors get bonuses for uh, upcoding. Some right, doctors right. get bonuses for cherry picking um, the healthiest patients. So those types of payments would would uh, would be prohibited under the CalCare system. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, an, another example, you know, generally kind of to pull back a little bit. Generally, um, one of the things that that uh, is important in a in a larger scale is that. Um, because we're simplifying the payment system, um, which uh, uh, 
which, uh, you know, we're trying to reduce administrative burdens on providers, then doctors would have more time to actually spend time. <laughs> praise, the, praise, praise the Lord. Know, praise, the, praise the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. So, well. We're trying well, to limit the coding for, for all of you. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> for doctors and nurses out right, there. Right. Well. So, gosh, you went to, all the way to Taiwan to look at the Taiwanese system. Say something about that. Give our listeners a little, little tour to Taiwan and kind of what, what can you say about the Taiwanese system? That What did you like and what did you think was either wouldn't work here? or Say something about it, if you would, because I think that would, would maybe interest some of our listeners. I, I think one of the, the, the key things that, that I took away from going to Taiwan was that, you know, People were worried when they when they they took the the step to 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 single payer, but because the the population of Taiwan and the and the government itself was committed to making sure that healthcare was available to everyone, that it happened because it was a, a strong commitment to to make sure that it worked and that you know. Um, that from the doctors to the patients, um, from the government itself, that that was one of the key um, reasons that they were able to transition to a, from a private health insurance system to um, a single-payer system. And, and I think that's a really important thing to know, is that if we, we together as a community, as a society, uh, as, Cal as the state of California, um, if we are committed to getting it done, we can do it. Um, and it's it's a matter of you know taking that step together and making sure that we're, you know we're we're really um, um, committed to to ensuring that everybody gets health care for all. Right. And I think um, and, and I think you know I think one of the things that that we we learned from them is that. Um, you know, a lot of the administrative processes that that they that they developed ended up getting getting in the way um, a little bit, and there was a lot of um, industry um, hands within the tai Taiwanese system, which they're trying to deal with now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, the the um, uh, the healthcare industry has a lot of say, um, uh, which outweighs a lot of um, in the their structure in their governance structure, and I think that's. That's one of the problems with, um, you know, if they need to change the way that things are paid, um, the the hospital industry kind of dominates those discussions. So mm -hmm. we had to work, we had to watch out for those types of things um, when we're building our healthcare system. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's that's one of the lessons from from Taiwan, and I think another lesson is to make sure that everything isn't, you know, the isn't overcomplicated. Um, and I think, you know, they're arguably their payment system um, is a little bit um, obtuse for the average person. And I think that also makes public participation in, in um, uh, making sure that, uh, you know, that the system is responsive to the public is, is, not, um, is not overly burdensome for uh, a lay person to engage with, um, with uh, the political process of, of uh maintaining and administering the system. Mm. So I'm I'm not sure what you just said. Are are you saying that the that the public in Taiwan didn't have the same kind of access that you hope here in, at 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 CalCare the public would have a, a, a more 
uh, a more sense of a robust ability to participate in the in the the overall functioning of the system than better, shall we say, than what you saw in Taiwan. Is that what you just said? Yes. Yes. Uh, the, uh, the way that the, the way that it's their governance, uh, the, the governance of the, the program is structured is that it's very difficult for, for, um, for patients and for, for bedside nurses, for example, to, to really engage in that process of, mm-hmm. you know, um, the administrative process and in the way that their board is structured. So, one of the things in CalCare that we did um, um, to reflect that that lesson from Taiwan is to make sure that there are um, uh, direct care nurses on the board, to make sure that there's a public advisory committee, um, and to make sure that that there is a direct connection between uh, the board structure of CalCare, the the people uh, of California, and the people who receive receive uh, care from. From mm-hmm. Well, as, as you, I don't have to tell you because we've all seen it in such large print. But the, the meaning that the the Trump the Trump people and the Reagan people and so on about the government being, being the problem and the you know the government is evil and so on and so forth. I mean, so it, it, certainly our listeners recognize that that the that the uh, challenge that you offer us to to believe in a system that you're We've, you've been talking about these several minutes is the idea that the government can do something uh, effectively enough to really be a really positive forward step to the, into the whole social process of human life. So it's it's you're, there's a culture war going on that says that that's impossible, that the government's completely incapable of, of, of managing such a, a large and complex matter. So and I'm not asking you to defend it one way or the other, but but certainly that's going to be one of the places of, of in other words, that culture war thing. So what do you have anything? Actually, I'm, I am going to say, do you have anything to say to the culture warriors, warriors that say, well, the government can't really accomplish something as 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 complex and, and important as this, that we really, that the private sector really can do it better, blah, blah, because they get money, blah, blah. So what, what kind of, what words do you have for the, the public that, to, to help them believe that the public is public sector is, is capable of taking on such a large task. I mean, I, I'm happy to speak to that. We should, we should take a look at how, how the system isn't working for us right now. Right. I mean, we're <laughs> right. asking the private sector to take on that role right now. And we have, we pay the most for healthcare per person in the United States. And we have some of the worst healthcare outcomes, you know, in of any industrialized country in the world. And we have, you know, a healthcare, a private healthcare, insurance industry that is making billions in profits, right. especially during a global pandemic. And, you know, I mean, we just, I think, reject the notion uh, that uh, that the private sector has proven itself to be any more successful than countries with single payer. And I think, you know, along with that, it's important to point out that what we're talking about isn't a government takeover of our healthcare system, right? Under a Medicare for all system or under CalCare in California, your doctors and your nurses and your hospitals and your healthcare providers remain the same. What we're talking about is changing who gets the bill. And we're talking about a streamlined way to make sure that there's one single payer in a way that we can cover all healthcare costs so that there is no more such thing as medical bankruptcy, so that there is no more such thing as, you know, millions of Californians going without the care they need and thousands dying each year 
because they're going without the care they need. That's what we're talking about, eliminating. And we think that's been proven to be successful in other countries and could absolutely be successful here. Well, I'm glad you. that's a good place to end the conversation. I think that you, you've stated it well, and I'm, I'm right there with you. And I believe is just exactly as you say, that this is the time and this is the right moment. And that's what makes it so nice to have had you on Health Matters today so you could share that those thoughts with our listeners. So, so uh, Carmen and Jasmine, uh, the advocate advocates for Assembly Bill 1400 that just came online uh, this this last month, and we're at least this our program is enthusiastic about this, and we intend to stand up with you for this. And we thank you for taking the time for us today. Thanks so much for having us. Thanks so much. All right, take care now. All right. Bye bye.